Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, it's our special Thanksgiving movie review show. Welcome to that show where Paula and I watch the original of a film and let you know whether you should go see the sequel. Tonight, Rambo Last Blood. Yes, we're talking about the fifth installment of the action series starring and written by Sylvester Stallone. To assess whether you should see the sequel, Paula and I will sit down and watch Rambo, which was actually the second film in the series. We've got our critical flamethrowers locked, loaded, and ready to fire. I'm Adam Felber, the man who tries to keep this podcast on mission by training our topical tank fire on the intended target. And now, please welcome the woman whose conversational battle tactics are always spray and pray, Paula Poundstone! And thank you to our house band cellist Longo Chu. Longo, that sounds great. Thank you, Longo. I'm just going to call an audible and say, can you come back next week and play the fiddle? All right. <laughs> Excellent. Paula, um, this is our Thanksgiving show. Yes. But we didn't promote it that way. No. That is because our crack statistical staff has noticed that when we promote a show as a holiday show, people don't download it as much. Why? That is just weird. It is weird. weird. I'm not sure it's true, even. I, well, I don't know if we have enough... Yeah, I don't know if we have enough data points. Well, it's not even the question of data points. And you're right, because we've had like two holiday shows at this point. Yeah. But also our crack statistical staff is your manager and our producer, Captain Crinkle, Bonnie Burns. Yeah, there's no there's no numbers she can't crunch. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. But that's not, not to say she crunches them correctly. I think when the fir- when the show first dropped, she just waltzed by you and grabbed a bag of Doritos. Did she? I didn't she even did. notice that. She did. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yes, Bonnie. Bonnie sit down. <laughs> Captain Crinkle's here. Oh, my God. You know, she's planning for Thanksgiving on leaving the turkey on the front porch, not answering the front door, <laughs> and hoping the first relative to show up doesn't take the whole thing. Yeah. That's probably, yeah, and that sounds that's a, that's sound approach as far as I'm concerned. You know, I asked her, remember, Halloween she was wondering method. what to do on Halloween, yeah. and we never really followed up with her because then we would have had to let her talk. But um, <laughs> she was wondering what to do because she didn't want to come to the door, and, and she didn't want to leave a bucket of candy out for the kids because those little bastards steal it, but she didn't yeah. want those little angels to not get their candy. <laughs> Bundle of contradictions was Bonnie. Yeah. Um, so I asked her earlier, and um, uh, 15 minutes later, the answer was nearly complete, that she uh, what, <laughs> what she did on, on Halloween was was turn off all the lights in her house and let the kids go hungry. Yeah. No, you know what? She didn't tell you. She left a sign-up sheet. She asked each kid to leave their email. 
<laughs> and a brief description of the candy they uh, yeah, they took. That they, yeah, that they wanted, and then she yeah. would send it to them. So uh, it is her, her statistical analysis that when we bill something as a holiday show, people for some reason are like, oh, I don't want to listen to a holiday show. Yeah. Um, I suggested that maybe on the weeks when holiday shows come out, people are with their families and less likely to download a podcast, and that hurts our initial numbers for any given show. That That, that could be. Yeah. She just kind of crinkled aggressively at me when I suggested yeah. that. So I mean, I, I'm not, not going to raise it more. We're not billing this. <laughs> yes. Thank you for the audio aid as to what crinkling sounds like, Bonnie. Yeah. Boy, she is. Yeah. She's, as they say about her, off on a crinkle. Yeah, she is off on a crinkle. <laughs> now, Paula, we went ahead and watched Rambo. Oh, did we ever? We did. Last we night, you Rambo came to- in Adam's backyard, freezing my ass off. Now, it really wasn't freezing ass off temperatures. I will say at the end, by the end of the movie, it was uh, 60 degrees. Uh, precisely. Uh, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it well, was. Wasn't I'm kidding. Freezing it wasn't ass off. No, but, I, I, you know, I brought a blanket and gloves and a scarf. And yeah. And was, a down uh, sleeping bag. It was, a gr- it was a great ensemble. And I, I was in a pup tent. I didn't really see most of the movie. No, no, you didn't. But I, yeah. I did. And, I was and- in a pup tent. I was at a cook stove. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was fantastic. Well, so we were we wanted to watch a Rambo that would prepare everybody for the home release of of Rambo Last Blood. A very clever title, which uh, which which came out um, in September and is coming just about the time you're hearing this. It's 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 making ready to come to your home, and we wanted oh, to review boy. an earlier Rambo movie yeah. to let people know. Now we didn't. I wa- had never seen any Rambo movies before, and I had been blessed with seeing. But let me just say, I had them. wisely not seen any Rambo movies before. Yes, uh, but we did choose two for a reason. Yeah, it was the most successful and iconic of the franchise because. Um, I'll give a brief summary of one, and you'll Would see. You? We'll see, and then I'll give you a slightly less brief summary of two, and then we can get flying off on our review. Um, okay, so to sum up, First Blood: John Rambo, a Vietnam vet, gets harassed and abused by a local sheriff in the Pacific Northwest, played by Brian Dennehy. Um, but soon we learn that John Rambo was a green beret and a particularly badass one at that. He escapes and becomes a one-man army, outwitting the police and National Guard before finally surrendering to his former commanding officer. Colonel Sam Taubman. Richard Crenna. Yes, was that, that was Richard Crenna, right? Was, yeah. So we didn't watch that movie because that no. movie was thought of as a pretty good movie at the time. I'm mm-hmm. not sure it would hold up. Mm-hmm. But it was like it was like the sort of like army of one Vietnam vet, a lot mm-hmm. of monologues about how mean we were to veterans and stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas Rambo uh, First Blood Part Two is a very different kind of movie, which kind of defined the rest of the franchise. I'm not sure that it was a very different kind of movie, but well, I don't, I don't know. Anymore. My guess is you could take any clip if you could isolate uh, Sylvester Stallone in any of these movies, and it looks the exact same. Probably he looks the exact same. But mm-hmm. my memory of First Blood is that he tried not to kill people. Oh, I see. Well, he's given that up for the second. He swore that off for Lent during the Lent. Yes, it was thirty-six hours of Lent. Uh, exactly. So here's here's the second movie, and then then we'll we'll review it. Okay. Okay. So in 1985 comes this uh, curiously titled Rambo: First Blood Part Two, or as I like to call it, Second Blood. It opens in a prison camp where convicted domestic terrorist John Rambo is breaking rocks. His former commanding officer, Colonel Sam Taubman, appears and asks Rambo if he'd like to get a get out of jail free card in exchange for a mission to go back to Vietnam and find American POWs. And after a period of consideration and soul searching that lasts about 2.5 seconds, Rambo agrees, asking plaintively, do we get to win this time, sir? 
Uh, so now, yeah. see, now it's personal. Yeah, that was very touching. Yeah, when yeah. I, when you said that, it's personal now. Yeah. So seconds later, we're in Southeast Asia, where Marshal Murdoch, the other, the obviously evil bureaucrat in charge of the mission, explains that Rambo is to be inserted into Nam alone, where he is to find a f- prison camp, photograph the prisoners without engaging the enemy, and rendezvous at the extraction point. Well, neither side holds up their end of the bargain. Rambo finds and rescues an American POW, which prompts Murdoch, who wanted Rambo to find nothing, to abandon Rambo at the extraction point. At which point he's captured by the Vietnamese. So now it's personal. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's really personal. Yeah. So then he's questioned and tortured by some Russians because this was 1985 and evil things didn't happen without Russians. But he escapes, kills scads of Russians and Vietnamese, decides he's in love with his guide, um, Ko Bao. He kisses her and then watches her get machine gunned to death literally seconds later. Um, so if it wasn't personal enough before, now it's like double now dog it's re- personal. Then he ties an amulet from her yeah. around, that, that she was wearing. He ties around his own exactly. neck. Exactly. So now and it's that really personal. Him to kill more uh, Vietnamese. Yes. And so what happens is he commandeers a helicopter and single handedly wipes out the Vietnamese, the Russians, and more or less the entire sure Geneva I would call Convention. This a summary. Yeah. No, well, I'm trying to do it. Yeah. He uh, then returns this home with five. This is the novella. This is the novella he, that he gets released. Returns, well, the thing is, when we review movies, we almost never get to the plot because somebody is highly digressive. So we decided as a team that we should just summarize the plot. I wasn't on that team. Okay. So he returns. <laughs> He returns home with five American POWs, purchased for the low, low price of about 300 Vietnamese and Russian lives. Uh, back at the base, he beats the living shit out of both Murdoch and his room full of computers, wanders off into cinematic history, bound for nowhere, but inspiring a nation of young males in the 80s to believe fervently in the simple, patriotic, self-evident power of anabolic steroids. You know, I have to make a correction. Yes. He doesn't beat up Murdoch. He slams him to the ground. No, he, on a desk. He, Slams he him to the bends desk. Bends him over backwards on a desk. That's a little beady up. That's not beats the fuck out. No. no. And then he puts a knife down like beside his head. And says, go find the other ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he didn't. In fact, I was dissatisfied with, I wanted Murdoch to get beaten up. All right. In many ways, it's Rocky goes to Nam. Uh, <laughs> in fact, the, the unnamed Vietnamese enemies, and it's true, none of the Vietnamese had like names mm-hmm. or they were just sort of amorphous. Like They, they barely spoke if at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was one scene where one Vietnamese shouted to the other, uh, Lucky, Lucky, when they saw uh, Stallone. Lucky, Lucky? Lucky, Lucky. Lucky, Lucky? Lucky, Lucky. What do you think they were saying? Rocky, Rocky. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. I didn't get that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I don't I didn't think it was a challenging film for uh, Sylvester Stallone because he had very few lines. He had to, almost to no lines, and yeah. I remember that as being very different little. from First Blood, yeah. the first was, movie. The first thing he did on the mission, by the way, was jump out of the airplane wrong. Yeah, uh, that was know. a little weird, wasn't it? It was a little weird. He's so uh, he, he, like he it. like tripped over his own shoelaces or something and yeah. ended up and strapped did, to the side of the plane. Yeah, he didn't do that right. Yeah, uh, then, then he, he had to cut himself loose, but away from all his high tech yeah. equipment. Fortunately, he has these knives. He carries these knives, an unending supply of knives. Yeah, he has a lot of um, knives. It's like that company that high school kids sometimes work for, where they <laughs> have uh, people come over and they demonstrate the knives to them, and and it's like your aunt or your uncle, and they feel really bad, and so they buy a knife. 
Uh, right, but these were the generally not cooking knives or steak knives. These were like serious, hardcore, serrated combat, you know, twisted in the body and take out their chitlins kind of knives. Yeah, these were very severe. Yeah. Uh, not, he had them all over the place. He, you know, he had them in holsters and uh, all strapped to his body. A lot of knives. Um, right in the after he comes off of the airplane and they're like, he's dead, he's dead. The people back at the uh, mission control there, oh, he's got to be dead. I can't be, you know, he has to be dead to have come out of that airplane like that. He's got to be dead. But in fact, he's not dead. Turns and, out. And he goes to meet uh, his the operative that he's supposed to meet up with to go on this mission. Right, and she turns out to be a she. It turns out it's a girl. And yeah. uh, uh, not only a girl, but a beautiful woman with water-resistant makeup. Yes, she did have that. <laughs> she had eyeshadow that wouldn't quit. Yeah, and she was He was the, very we're... shiny. He was shiny the entire time. You know, it had a lot to... It, it really reminded me, if you remember, you might remember, we watched Predator together. Yes, I do remember watching Predator. That was a great movie. It was a terrible movie. <laughs> it was well, a horrible movie. Yeah, what it had in common with um, with this movie is, is that, that it was a piece of shit. Yeah, that. But there was other things that were happening in it. In that there was just there was that, a lot of moving palm leaves around uh, and banana and uh, sweaty, muscly and, guys. Yeah, a lot of everyone it's, glistened. Everyone glistened they, a lot. They glistened. Yeah, there was a lot of glistening, except for from her. She had a like a you know a powder makeup. Well, she was on. A, she was a you know she, she was didn't beautiful. glisten. Yeah, she didn't glisten. She uh, glowed. Yeah, no, it was, she, it was glowing uh, versus glistening. She, I think was you know, thing. she was supposed to be a Vietnamese, but she had very little accent. Um, the only way you could tell that you know she was uh, the nod to Vietnamese was that she didn't use articles. Yes, so she would say like, "You shoot gun." Yeah, <laughs> that was that was you know kind of you that was, flew in plane, Rocky. Yeah. That was that was kind of and and you noticed that and you I once you pointed right out to me I couldn't not hear it in yeah. that she didn't seem to have any accent at all and they just kind of removed articles and stuff to make her sound like she was yeah. um you know I guess more ex- more Vietnamese than she really was and I yeah. looked her up Paula you did after yes after after you you uh, brought because you had up. kind of a thing for her like that no kind no, of no 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 I up? wanted to follow up and do like some you're, dude- you're a stalker or something what do you mean you no, looked her up no I, that's gotta be I'm uncomfortable for her I mean that's that's. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, she, uh, she was. Uh, she was. She did speak perfect English. In fact, she was. She was educated at a, at an American school. She was living in Hawaii. You know, she married David Soul in the seventies. Um, she had her name. I, I'd have to look it up somewhere. But do, do we have it somewhere? She married David Soul in Seattle uh, when he starred in uh, uh, the what was it? Here come the brides. Did she? You're just making that up. Yeah, I am just making that up. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because when Helix first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. 
plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress with my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula, you know, every once in a while we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered 
the brushed lounge jogger. Ooh. And, you know, I put them on when I came back from New York. I pulled them on, and I, I swear to you, okay, this is not scientific because I was tired already. Right. But they were so soft. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly, like right as I got them up to my waist, I I, I think my eyes closed. They're so co- it's a softness. It's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment. Honestly, you know my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that too. Like so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. When sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't (laughs) think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. In this movie, she had a classic line, of course, that everyone remembers. Only a pig would say that Vietnamese guy. (laughs) (laughs) That is, of course, a callback to... um, to uh, uh, Rocky, the greatest yeah. Thanksgiving movie of all time. Yeah, her name was Julia Nixon. Julia Nixon. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah not, not really. Yeah, yeah she wasn't She wasn't yeah. pulled off the streets of Saigon and asked if she wanted to, pl- to play somebody, you know, his role. She was, she was David Soul's wife. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. give up on uh, this you know, just, you know, it's acting. But, she, yeah, they didn't do a good job making her sound as if English were her second language. No. Um, uh, they made it sound like she just hated certain parts of speech. Yeah, doesn't yeah. use articles at all, yeah. no matter what. Maybe um, there was an interesting character history there. We didn't really get the history of any characters in this movie. One of the things we noticed was that the bureaucrat in charge of the mission, the guy that I wish had been beaten up at the end, because he was a dastardly character. Oh, yeah. Um, and he was named he was, Murdoch. He was only concerned with keeping costs down. Uh, and he kept taking his glasses on and off. This was an important part of his acting. Yeah, when people couldn't hear him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, he right. would say, what? And he would take his glasses off. Oh, so he could hear yeah, better when, without yeah, his glasses. Exactly. He yeah. found. Uh, yeah, I think that was like a, a technique. It's it's hard to tell when his vision, what the vision problem was. Yeah. You know, I think they, like they were can't probably tell, reading glasses. Is he nearsighted yeah. or farsighted? I yeah, can't I tell. It wasn't really very clear. Yeah, yeah. What was clear, and I, I think maybe you would have identified with this aspect of the movie, is Technology is one of the bad guys in this movie. Yes, which, by the way, I couldn't figure that out either. So there is this sort of, uh, clearly, uh, Lucky is this sort of one-man military. <laughs> You're really going with Lucky for this, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, he's this one-man military, and he... Um, and the computers at, headquarters, at Murdoch's headquarters have determined that the only guy who can do this mission 
is right. They told him that in the Rambo. beginning. The computer chose him. Yes. Uh, he's the computer determined he was the only guy who could do. Which, but, by the way, if it, we soon learn that Murdoch doesn't want this mission to be successful. Wouldn't he tell the computer to not choose an army of one? I think that there was some, some pencil pusher. Yeah, there were some flaws in the storyline for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't really figure. So it was this sort of um, it was this sort of uh, esoteric fight between the modern warfare right. of these you know computers and then his you know one man army. And he had one line that I really loved, and I'll get it wrong, but it was like when they were telling him that this state of the art computer is where warfare is going is the ultimate weapon, and he said something along the lines of like, "I think the ultimate weapon is the mind." Yeah, and if there's <laughs> and like, anybody, if, if that's your ultimate weapon, yeah, dude, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which is amazing. He wasn't slaughtered in the first few seconds. Well, the other thing, by the way, is he had arrows. He had arrows that had little bomb heads. Exploding tip arrows. Yeah, he would screw the tip onto the arrow before he shot it. There was which, a surprising amount of archery. Well, you know, it reminded me, of course, of another movie that we watched together, which was The Avengers. Yes. And how Arrow Guy in that didn't even have the little exploding tips. The he arrow, didn't? No, the arrow guy. Oh, he did. No. He did. No, he doesn't. He does. There's no, a, mem- there's a memorable th- scene where he shoots at, at Loki, who's going by on a rocket cycle, the, the god of mischief Loki, and Loki catches the arrow in the middle of the air and gives him a look like, ha, now what are you going to do? And then the arrow explodes. Oh. I, I am so embarrassed that. that I know that. I am, yeah. So encyclopedically, yeah. Well, but it absolutely yeah. well, 100% is what happens. you've it a lot, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I love the Captain America poster on your bedroom wall. I don't have one of those. <laughs> um, no, that's fantastic. It's not my... Jean, you must have been so happy when you took down the Smurf one and I, put There that was up. never a Smurf poster on my wall. Uh, but in so any case, in at the, the end climax, of the movie... Yeah. he rescues... This is amazing how many things he could do, of course. In the climax, uh, he rescues the POWs in a, he gets them all into a helicopter. Yeah. Uh, he flies the helicopter, shoots from the helicopter, drops bombs from the helicopter, and then he goes in the back and he has the cart that he pushes with the beverages and the snacks on it. Yeah. I mean, I was riveted during the snack scene because here they were being chased down by a Soviet war helicopter and there's smoke coming out of it. These POWs are in terrible shape. And he still takes the time. To ask them what they want beverage-wise, if they'd like to purchase a meal. And he spent like... 20 minutes chopping the ice. Yeah, he did the ice chopping do while the running airplane. for the Russians. It was Why rude. don't they bring the ice already chopped on the airplane? I think it freezes that way. The first 20 minutes of any flight is... Yeah, but you have to admit, with the soundtrack music and everything, that was riveting in, in Rambo First Blood Oh, Part yeah, when two. he chops the ice, it's fantastic. Yeah. I was really yeah. sad when he got back to the aerial combat. Well, then at one point, uh, the enemy, the Russians are after And then him. one of the POWs turns out to be allergic to peanuts. So he has yeah, to ask awful. everybody else to hand in their bags of peanuts. Right, yeah. You know, and to, then they to, to had to land. The, yeah, they had to land. They had to land um, at a small airport where no one knew anybody, and then they, t- t- they took off from there about right. four hours delayed. Yeah. And but he said into the peanuts. microphone, we can make up a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, that's he said, easily my favorite part yeah. of the and movie. And when they landed, they go, there's no ground crew. There's no ground crew. Where that's okay, we? I'll fill the cup myself. Yeah. So uh, at one point, we didn't have anybody filling our carts back in Nam. <laughs> when, when we had to get our own peanuts during the big 
battle with the helicopters. It's a Russian helicopter. Yeah. Um, and his, no reason and his, why the Russians were in Vietnam, by the way. No, there was really no explanation for that at yeah. all. Um, they just wanted to do bad stuff, and they figured that was the best place to do it. But his helicopter isn't doing well. It's starting to kind of list and maybe give oh, off smoke, and it's not looking out good. Helicopter. And the, uh, the Russians are shooting at him and shooting at him, and finally oh, stop shooting. he gets away from him, but it looks like he's going down. He looks, and he goes down. And, and he goes down, but you can't see it. Now the Russian helicopter comes around some trees, and there is Rock, Rocky's uh, <laughs> helicopter in the river. And Rocky and, dead in the pilot and, seat. And, and Rocky, well, his eyes are closed in the pilot seat. Right. And there's a hole blown in his window, and his eyes are closed. And for some odd reason, the Russian guy gets close enough. Yeah, and doesn't shoot. Right. I mean, he's got an arsenal on his helicopter, and he's like... But he doesn't like, shoot. Oh, and God, all I must of a see sudden, what is going on here. Where is he going with this being dead thing? And all of a sudden, Lucky springs up yeah. and, and, you know, grabs his gun and shoots him. Like, oh, how could I... I, well, fell, I fell for, for that. that one again. Yeah. I oh. fell for the old playing yeah. dead in the in the cockpit. Yeah. Oh, is my face red right now? And then one of the POWs gets down on all fours behind the Russian guy, and Lockie pushes him over. Yeah. And he falls over the. And then, it Rocky's, was a very... then Rocky's like, "Oh, you have a little stain on your uniform right there." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then he flicks his nose. <laughs> yeah. <it's> just... <laughs> uh, right, those Russians—they was... they were saps ultimately in this movie. Yeah. One of the lines that uh, came up a couple of times. Uh, was said by uh, Richard uh, Crenna, who's come a long way since sidestep, sidestep, sidestep. Do you know what that is? Do you see the blank look on my face? I do. <laughs> <laughs> then please tell me the sidestep Richard Crenna uh, thing. When Richard Crenna was a young man, he played a, 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 he wasn't a teenager at the time, but he played a teenage boy who had a crush on Lucy Ricardo. And Lucy uh, was trying to teach him to dance so that he could go after a younger girl. Wow. And so when she's teaching him the dance, part of it's sidestep. And, and, and How many of our listeners do you think were laughing knowingly a few minutes ago when you said sidestep, sidestep, sidestep? Uh, hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you were, you were saying, you interrupted yourself. R Richard Crenna was... All right, so Richard Crenna a couple of times says to the, the, the mean bureaucrat guy, he says, what some people call hell. He's describing John Rambo. And his character. He said, what some people call hell, he calls home. Yeah, that was a confusing line. And I would line. have to say, really? Has he had to argue with the teenage boy about video games? That's hell. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's hell. This stuff he's doing in Nam. Yeah. Ah, maybe. Yeah. Walk ah. in the park. Ch chained to. They did at one point when they tortured him, they used the springs from a box spring. I love this. They stripped all the fabric off a box spring, yeah. propped it up against the wall, hooked it up to some electrodes and a dial that was very uh, meticulously numbered so you knew just how much yeah. electrical he's going bed from energy. A yeah. And <laughs> they then said, they just, you, you did not crack X6. We go to seven. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they did and they just kept zapping uh zapping rambo yeah yeah uh it turned out it was a sleep number bed oh yeah and uh half of it and the other prisoner with uh, rambo it turned it, out needed a lot less electricity yeah exactly but the, but the machine was able to compensate for that which was very impressive yeah it was, uh, he didn't snore the entire time you will That's get two good. but you will get eight <laughs> it's such an unfair machine yeah yeah, yeah. There, was a, there was the big torture scene there was a big torture scene and the guy the torturer uh, kept smiling, which I always wonder, is that true? I don't know. Like in real life, to torture a smile, 
I can't imagine they really love what they do, but I don't know. In Stuff movies, to, they really do. Yeah, and of course, yeah. the torturer always ends up getting zapped by his own machine. And this movie was no different because ain't nothing about this movie was any different <laughs> yeah. from any other movie gone before it. Um, yeah. So yeah, the torturer ends up against the bed and he gets zapped. I, I think Rambo turns it up to ten. Yeah. And that's the last we see of that guy, I think. Yeah. Not 10. Don't do 10. <laughs> that will kill him. But speaking of killing, there was a lot of death. I mean, a lot of Vietnamese people. Well, there was no explanation for why these POWs were in the jungle still. Yeah, there was talk about how they were going to be bargaining chips. And in the U.S., guys like Murdoch, you know, agreed to pay $4 billion and then never did. So these guys were just being kept. But it didn't seem like there was a lot of negotiation going on. And this was 10 years later. And they were apparently just being rotated between various prison camps to work the fields or something. But they weren't doing anything. They weren't working. They were just... No, they weren't. They were just there on the old bridge over River Kwai set. Yeah, yeah. They, well, it was lying around. They were like, well, it's it's wet in Vietnam, too. Let's just do this. Yeah, it was sort of a combination of films, really. Yeah. Yeah. The, None of them good. There, the, were, there were... It seemed like there were a few visual apocalypse now yeah. references, but they were really lazily done. But like, yeah, let's get a helicopter rising over the sunset kind of thing. Yeah, in the end... He takes this big uh, rapid-fire machine gun thing, and he shoots all the computers as he yells, yes. Adrian! Adrian! He, he might as well be yelling Adrian, but I, but that is important. Like, the computers haven't really let him down in this. I mean, this one guy— I can't figure out what the computers were doing, honestly. Well, they had all these guys working on the computer. What on earth were they doing? And yet one guy would go, well, you know, we found Remo. He's communicating with us. That's a walkie-talkie. Yeah. That's not, well, that doesn't require well, all that. you missed this detail in your pup tech, uh, Paul oh, Poundstone. They hooked him up with the highest tech equipment in the world, and he was going, like, yeah, well, you know, I prefer the mind because my brain works good. Oh, and, but that's and, how and they could know when where... he jumps out of the plane with this giant thing of, of equipment that was going to help him do this mission that they had actually set him up to fail anyway, it doesn't make sense, but this is what happened. Yeah. When he had Did to he cut himself loose from equipment? the plane, he lost all his equipment. Oh, So I don't know why, what he's blaming the computers for at all. He never even used them. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. That's why it's so important to keep your computer uh, in your leggings. And charged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You keep your computer in your leggings when you travel? Have you seen me wearing leggings, Adam? Not once. <laughs> Not <laughs> There's a, a reason time. for that. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, but you're right near getting your black belt, I understand. I am near getting my black belt, uh, which is why I recognize some of Rambo's moves. Yeah, he had some pretty, pretty sweet moves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could see him mouthing my name occasionally. There was really no, no, not even a nod towards him maybe not killing somebody and just immobilizing somebody. It was just like shoot what, an like arrow through his put head. Put it on stun? Yeah, no. No, this was, you had to, yeah. Uh, you know, the, I'll tell you the most amazing thing about the this Rambo movie is that there's a new one. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing, and I, I don't want to go into too much detail, but there's been four. This have was the second four? of now five. And, you know, all right, I don't want to have, what was the name of the actress whose teeth I said something about? Okay, Charlize I don't want to have another Charlize Theron retraction have to occur. I don't think you had to. Okay, but go ahead. Okay, but here's the thing. Yeah. His nose is like a giant mushroom on his face now. Yeah, he looks really weird. Yeah, and I. I he looks like somebody who's been repeatedly punched throughout a lifetime. And do then you think maybe it's really because he's been punched? Because he hasn't been punched. I think those fights think aren't real. Well, I think you get fight. I think you get punched when you're doing a boxing movie. Really? Yeah, I don't I think, don't you get think hard. so. And uh, maybe it's cocaine. I don't know. But his nose looks weird. Are you weird. Ac accusing? Sure, I am. 
for the sake of argument, yes. Sylvester Stallone, come at me. Honestly. You know, he's probably going to come on the show now. Come on, you big mushroom nose cokehead. Come on. Adam Felber's calling you out. You Whoa. won't make it halfway up North Hollywood's Miranda Street before you're, you know, you'll be lucky to get to me. Yeah. Well, he's going to. At which point, I'll just flick your nose <laughs> and it'll come off. He had his nose, uh, he, he could, if he were sprayed blue, he could be in the Smurf movie. Yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> and then I'd love it, because it'd be like the posters on my wall. All right, so Paula, this is the part where we have to uh, decide. Oh, if people should go see the Rambo movie? <laughs> it's if people should rent. It's that's coming out for home video. That's not hard to decide. Well, we don't know until we've both voted. All right. You first. I'm going to say a hard pass. I'm going to say a hard pass, too. This yeah. is obviously going to be a piece of shit. Don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. They won't even be able to make him as shiny. No. He was very shiny in that movie. Very shiny. But there's no way he's that shiny Well, anymore. there's no way he's in that kind of shape anymore. I mean, that's both the shape of, of a, a younger man. Yeah. And let's face it. That was not just in baseball, but in general, the steroid era. It was a ridiculous amount of... of over-muscled He-Man Masters of the Universe kind of yeah. re- greased up it was, uh, it was, crap. It was Rambo first juicing. <laughs> <laughs> you drank first juice! <laughs> well, there it is, ladies there and gentlemen. Don't, uh, don't, don't, don't waste your Thanksgiving watching... Don't truckle with... <laughs> don't, don't, don't truckle to Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> don't truckle to Rambo. Yes. Go go see Ninth Blood if they make it. The cat of the week is Leon from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Hey, so Paula, uh, once the turkey is cleared off the table, where are you going to be performing? Oh, I hate self-promotion. I know you I'm do. I'm sorry, but I really can't do it, especially okay, at Thanksgiving. Well, I won't make you do it then. I'll be uh, in Annapolis, Maryland on December 6th at the Ram's Head on stage. They've added a second show because it seats 50 people. <laughs> and I'll be in San Francisco at New Year's Eve at the Sydney Goldstein Theater that used to be the Norse. But now it's the Sydney Goldstein. I'm there, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve is when you're going to be there? I'm going to be there on New Year's Eve. It used, to be, the, used yeah. to be the Norse, and now it's the it Sydney Goldstein. It was the Norse. It ain't anymore. Yeah. Don't now go looking for the Norse. Yeah, Sydney Goldstein Theater yeah, in San Francisco. That's where I'm going to be. Yeah, in the, on New Year's Eve. Can't wait. You've done that before. Do you go all the way to the countdown? Like, is it a 10 o'clock show and you no. count back? No. It's like an 8 o'clock show and then you say goodnight, everybody? That's exactly right. Okay. Y'all can count down on your own. So they go home. They don't hang I, around at I the former North I can't speak North to theater. where every audience member goes after my show. No, but they, they don't keep the theater open. Not to the best of my knowledge. Your fans are going to need other plans for the dropping of the ball. I, I, I can't, I, Yeah. You don't think maybe I'm you could invite them over to your hotel room? I'm only responsible for the couple of hours that they're with me. I don't After know. After that, New they Year's go Eve. and they do they've whatever they do. Pay, they pay some, to see your New Year's some Eve. Some drink a tall glass of instant breakfast. Some drive home right away. I don't know. It's not up to me. I feel like you should take a little more responsibility for your fans. <laughs> Many will stay around uh, at the meet and greet afterwards, uh, hoping uh, against hope uh, to be able to purchase a Poundstone Pussy Pillow. Oh, yeah, those Poundstone Pussy Pillows, they're selling pretty well, I think. They're going like hotcakes. Yeah, now, for, for those of you who don't know, Paula uh, kind of came into some, she doesn't want to brag, but she came into some catnip uh, a, a few <laughs> couple months ago, and she decided to, uh, uh, you know, 
When life gives you catnip, make catnip toys. That's what that's and, what we've been doing. We're making you, catnip toys. Little cat joke on one side, and on the other side, I'm able to. Uh, of course, there are little pillows filled with catnip, and on a, a grommet, uh, so that you could drag the catnip toy around if you wanted to. Oh wow, on and a then on the other side, I can autograph it to your cat. Because you're in only particular. selling them at the moment at your shows. Yes. Right. Pretty soon they're going to be on our website. They are going to be on our website. Because the website's about to launch. It's yeah. any day now. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, and the, the Pounce on Pussy Pillows will be for sale on them. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be great. I'm looking forward to that. It might even be happening by the time we're on air. It's happening. It's happening. Okay. Happening okay. soon. According to climate scientists, we have 10 years and seven weeks until the Earth begins to become uninhabitable. <laughs> Hey, nobodies. Remember, our email address again is nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And you can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can find my remarkably soft Tri Poly Blend t shirt with the self portrait on the left breast and memorable quote on the back at paulapoundstone.com. Now, Paula, I know this is not our Thanksgiving special. It's not billed as that, but it is Thanksgiving. Is there anything in particular this year, 2019, going into Thanksgiving that you are thankful for? Oh, Heath bars. Heath bars. Yeah. The thing that came into your life to fill in some small way the void left behind by Butterfingers. That is correct. Wow. That's, that's great. I was going to say this podcast, but okay. On we go. That's our show. The little Heath bars. They're really good. Yeah. Okay. That's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Sylvester Stallone, Kendall Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Technical direction by Ray Horseman and mixing by Anthony Alfaro. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Longo Chu. Security muscles provided by Tyler, the Studio City behemoth Burke, who says, Sylvester Stallone, I could kick your ass. (laughs) Transcription services for this show provided by Transcribe Me. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Hey, I'm, I'm dead here in this helicopter. You don't have to worry about me. Look at me, I'm dead. Probably could just uh, walk away without uh, shooting another shot. Just, uh, just, just a dead guy in a helicopter. He seems to be dead. Yeah, oh yeah, totally dead, totally dead. You don't need to fire at all. Aha! Let's <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.